to what we dealt with on last week. Now, can I just, can I just, can I have a, a transparent moment with you? Uh, the Lord instructed me to teach this second part of this lesson. And if I would just be honest and transparent, y'all know I'm going to keep it real. I did not want to teach this today. I wanted, I just felt like teaching something that was going to make you feel good. <laughs> Can I just be straight up? I just, Lord, Lord I want to give him something today just to make him feel good. But you know what? I've, I, I know that I must do what I'm told to do by him. I'm a man under authority. So we're dealing with stewardship again today. There's a word that God wants us to get. He wants us to know the truth about stewardship. Now, last week we found out the difference between an owner, a possessor, and a steward. We also defined what a steward is. We said that a steward is a person who manages the wealth of another. Now, when you really think about that, stewardship, when we, when we really get this, stewardship kind of evens the playing ground. In other words, when you really realize that you're just a steward, you have no reason to be arrogant. You have no reason to walk around all, ha uh, all ha haughty, haughty, haughty. Did I say it right? Haughty? Yeah. You have no reason to walk around like that, all prideful, because you don't own anything. You don't own anything. Everything belongs to God. I'm getting ahead of myself. And, and we read last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, where it says it is required of stewards to be found faithful. So we said the number one requirement of a steward is faithfulness. Now, last week I gave you some, some, some quotes on stewardship. Stewardship. I want to repeat those quotes because I thought they were very, very good. Michael Barber said, stewardship is leaving a system better than you found it. Uh, Ron Blue said, stewardship is the use of God-given resources for the accomplishment of God-given goals. Lynn A. Miller said, I love this. She says, stewardship is the act of organizing your life so that God can spin you. And then Billy Graham said, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and the other to give with. So let's deal with this subject of stewardship today. I believe that God's going to bless us. God's trying to get us somewhere, but we've got to get our minds right. Look, go to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read verses 12 through 27. I want to read this in the Message Bible. Let's get this today. In the Message Bible, you have your Bibles? Listen to what it says. There was once a man descended from a royal house who needed to make a long trip back to headquarters to get authorization for his rule and then return. But first he, he called 10 servants together, gave them each a sum of money and instructed them, occupy with this until I return. But the citizens there hated him. So they sent out a commission uh, with they sent a commission with a signed petition to uphold his rule. We don't want this man to rule us. When he came back, bringing the authorization of his rule, he called those 10 servants to whom he had given the money to find out how they had done. The first said, Master, I doubled your money. He says, good servant, great work, because you've been trustworthy in this small job. I'm making you a governor of 10 towns. The second said, Master, I have a 50% profit on your money. He says, I'm putting you in charge of five towns. 
The next servant said, Master, here's your money, safe and sound. I kept it hidden in the cellar. To tell you the truth, I was a little afraid. I know you have high standards and you hate sloppiness and don't suffer fools gladly. He says, you're right that I don't suffer fools gladly. And you've acted the fool. You didn't, you didn't, I mean, why didn't you at least invest the money in securities so I would have gotten a little interest on it? Then he said to those standing around, take the money from him and give it to the servant who doubled my stake. They said, but master, he already has double. He says, that's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you've ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. And as for these enemies of mine who petitioned against my rule, clear them out from here. I don't want to see their faces around here again. <laughs> so stewardship, we're going to deal with again today. Um, let me give you just, a, a, I guess, a simple illustration of what stewardship is before we really get into this text. A lot of you know that prior to me being a pastor, I was a sports agent and I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, before I accepted the job in Atlanta, I, uh, I had the intention on, or it was my intention, to rent an apartment, but a friend of the family, Dion Sanders, said to me, you know, uh, instead of you renting an apartment, you can live in my, my house. He had a, a house that he used to live in. He was living in, uh, he was living in Dallas at the time, but the house was fully furnished. He says, instead of getting an apartment, move into my house. He says, just as you move in, all I want you to do is take care of it. Now, the truth is, I probably would have fared out better financially moving into an apartment because I had to pay the landscape bill, I had to pay the water bill, I had to pay the pool man, I had to pay the, the electric bill. And it was it was really, really expensive to take care of all this stuff. But that was my job. I was to take care of it while I was there. My job was simply, listen to this, to manage the property of another person while it was entrusted in my care. And that's basically what biblical uh, stewardship or the biblical definition of definition of stewardship is our job is to manage what God has entrusted in our care. Now, so let's look at this. Let's look at this text and let's unfold this a little bit. Um, look at the 12th and 13th verse of Luke chapter 19. And I'll read this in the mess uh, in the King James version. He said, therefore, certain noblemen went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Now, in this parable, Christ is the nobleman, but he has given us something to manage and he's commanded us to manage it until he returns. The first thing that we need to understand, and we said this last week, is that God owns Everything. That's a revelation for somebody. God, matter of fact, I want you to verbally say it. Think about all the stuff that you have within your, your hands. And then I want you to say this right there where you are. You don't have to put it on the screen, but I want you to hear you say it. Say, God owns everything. Now, notice that the nobleman gave the servants a portion of money. Servants didn't have anything before he entrusted this in their care. God created everything. 
So it's all his. God is the owner of everything by virtue of creation. So everything that we claim that's ours is really his. It really belongs to him. The money you have in your pocket right now was printed on, on paper that came from trees that God created. The car that you drive was shaped out of materials whose elements were dug from God's earth. The clothes on your back <laughs> are there because God made it possible. As a matter of fact, Job said this. Job said in Job 1 and 21, you came into this world naked. And the only reason you, you're going to go out with something on is because somebody's somebody going to dress you before you get out of here. And I will tell you, death is the ultimate reminder that we don't own anything. We talked about that last week. You're not taking any of this stuff with you. None of this stuff. You're not going to take it with you. You know why? Because you don't own it. As a matter of fact, we, we read this last week. The Bible says that you don't even own your own body. The body, your body belongs to God. So the things that we, we have is really on loan from God. And we, just like I had to be careful in how I handled Dion's house, we must be careful how we handle what belongs to God. And what is that? Everything. Everything. It all belongs to him. Look at verse number 13. And he called us in servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now, when he says occupy until I come, it means to do business until I come. The issue is not whether or not you will accept stewardship, but what will you do with it? You, you, you're going to accept it, but what will you do with it? Now, life's potential can be divided in three categories. Time talent, and treasure. We all, may, we all may have different levels, but we all have time, we all have talent, and we all, we all have treasure. It's not about how much you have. The point is, what will you do with your opportunities? In other words, I may not have what you have. You may not have what I have, but am I, are you, doing the best with what you have? Are you doing your best with what you have? The question is, what kind of business will you do with the Lord's property? <laughs> oh, I know, man, look, I realize this is challenging today. The lives of, of many believers are messed up right now because they don't really believe that the owner is going to come back and he's going to ask us the question, what did you do with the time, the talent, and the treasure that I've entrusted you with? And then let me tell you this. One day the Lord is going to come and he's going to look at us and he's going to say, let's see whether my kingdom is better off because of what you did with what I gave you. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. It came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that they might know how much every man had gained by trading. The nobleman's return is in reference to the return of Christ. 
And the issue will be how did my company benefit by what I provided you with? Now, a whole lot of us are going to be able to, to show how God's gifts benefited us. But the issue is, how did the king and how did the kingdom, how did the king and his business fare out under your management? See, it's okay for stewards to be better off if the king and the kingdom is better off. God doesn't mind you having things. He doesn't mind your cars and your clothes and your house. He doesn't mind any of that. But the kingdom must be first. That's why Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So how is the kingdom faring off? How is God the owner? How is his business being blessed? Or how is it faring, faring out under your management? Now, there's going to be an evaluation of our stewardship. Think about this. On most of our jobs, there's some type of annual review because they want to know, the boss wants to know if the employee has produced. The review will tell the boss or give the boss a chance to see how productive the employee has been. Well, at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be an evaluation to see how well our time, our talent, and our treasure were used for him in his kingdom. Or whether they were used to produce the quality of work or thrown together junk. With what he's given you, is his kingdom better off? Did you give him the best? Or did you just throw some junk together? The question is, are you giving God's kingdom a quality return on the time, the talent, and the treasure that he's blessed you with? Or answer this, is God getting the leftovers? I'm not going to be long today at all because I know this, hey, this is tight, but it's right. Is God getting the leftovers? Overs. The Bible says whatever you get in time, talent, or treasure, make sure you give God his portion first. Because if you don't, you won't have anything left over to give. So, what is God, what is God getting from his investment in you? What is God, how is his kingdom faring out? Because of your management. Now, verse 19, look at this. And he said, likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. Now, in the 16th verse, the servant says, Lord, thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. In other words, this man used what God had given him effectively for the kingdom. And because he was faithful in the little things, God gave him authority over 10 cities. Second servant had a good report, but it wasn't as productive. Wasn't as productive, but it was still productive. And his pound gained five pounds, so the Lord gave him authority over five cities. And then the third servant says, Lord, I kept the pound that you gave me, and I put it in the napkin. <laughs> and basically what he was saying is, you know, I really didn't get fanatical about all this service stuff. And this servant 
was considered to be worthless. And then you'll notice in that 24th verse that the master took the pound that this servant had and gave it to the first servant. If you're faithful over the little, I'll make you ruler over much. Now notice the wording. Faithful over the little, I'll make you ruler. Not owner, but ruler. Oh, I can entrust you with more. A lot of us want to know why God, why can you entrust this person with more and not me? Well, the question is, have you been faithful with the little? Who will entrust a person with a lot when they haven't been faithful with the little? I want you to think about this. Think about it. See, there's going to be a time of evaluation. And, and I, I know God has me talking about this for a reason. There's going to be a time of evaluation. We must realize, man, we have gotten so far away. Can, can we just be real? We've gotten so far away from this. Realize, man, we, 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 we've gotten so excited about stuff that we forgot. And again, I believe in the harvest, but we have totally forgotten who owns what and who's the ruler over what and who's the, the steward and who's the owner. Who's the real owner? I said this last week. I'm, I'm able to be very generous because I don't have nothing. <laughs> and whatever I'm generous with belongs to somebody else. So when God speaks to me and says, look, I want you to do this, that, or the other, it's no problem for me to do it because it's his. I ain't tripping because it's his. You have, you have the right to tell me what to do because this is your stuff. <laughs> but if we're not faithful on the level that we're on right now, who's going to entrust us with more? Uh, let me close with this. Can I tell you I'm not going to be long at all because I know this, this, this is a little challenging. I used to play this game called Monopoly. I loved it because Monopoly allowed me to act like a billionaire. I could own the boardwalk. Um, I could own Park Place. I could own all kinds of houses. The hard part about Monopoly was when the game was over. <laughs> oh, my God. When the game was over, you know what happened? I had to, um, I had to give up all my make-believe money. I had to give up my boardwalk. I had to give up all my property. And I had to close the box and go back to the real world. Why did I, why did I say that? Listen, someday they're going to close the box. They're going to close the box on me. They're going to close the box on you. And we're going to have to leave this world. And then we'll have to show what we really have. The only thing that will matter on that day is not what you left behind, but what you sent ahead. We're going to have to give an account of what we did with what God allowed to come in our hands. Brothers and sisters, 
beloved people of God, let's make sure that we know who the owner is. Evaluation time is coming. We want to make sure that God's kingdom is better off because of how we managed what he allowed to come in our hands. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for your word. We're not just hearers, but we are doers of your word. We take this word today and we apply it to our lives. God, some of us are here today and we've been acting like owners. We've got, we've, we got prideful, we got arrogant with your stuff. We didn't do what you told us to do with what belonged to you. And today, we ask for forgiveness. We declare that from this day forward, we will hear and we will obey your voice. You have the absolute right to tell us what to do with the time, the talent, and the treasure that you've given us or that you've entrusted in our hands. You're the owner. Your word says our bodies don't even belong to us. So God, you have the right to tell us what to do even with our bodies. So today we surrender. We give ourselves wholly over to you. Have your way, God. Have your way in our lives. Do what you want to do in and through our lives. Say what you want to say through us today. And say what you want to say to us today. And we will obey you. Forgive us for being disobedient. Thank, thank you for loving us enough to tell us the truth today. I thank you right now, God, for, for brand new starts. I, I, I thank you right now. I see brand new beginnings. And I know, God, the only way that we're going to prosper the way you want us to prosper is that we've got to get this straight. And that's why you've had me to teach this today. You want to take us to the next level. You want to entrust in our hands even more. But we haven't been faithful with a little. Today, we change that. And we will obey you. Now, I pray for every person that's watching. I claim them for your kingdom right now in the name of Jesus. Every woman, every man, every boy, every girl, I claim them right now for your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus. I thank you that your kingdom is increasing all over this world today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank God. Come on. Come on. Let's celebrate. Let's thank God today. Look, we got to learn how to celebrate the word even when it doesn't feel good. That's all right. That's all right. We are getting better. We're getting better and we're getting better together. Let me extend an invitation to you. As you watch me today, you know, the Bible says if you can believe in your heart and you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved and you can be saved today. So today I offer you Jesus. If you can believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, make Jesus Lord of your life, you can be saved this morning. And if you want to do that, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Everybody do this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I ask you for forgiveness. 
I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he was buried. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now I turn from my sins. And I invite you to come into my heart and come into my life. I trust you and I will follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If you have believed in your heart and you have confessed with your mouth, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. There is some information right there on the screen. Please follow those instructions. I'm going to have somebody to reach out to you and pray with you, give you all the information that you need. But I'm grateful to God. I'm excited about your future today. Or you may be watching, you're saying, Pastor, I, at some point in my life, I gave my life to the Lord, but I am not where I should be as it relates to my walk with God. I need to recommit my life to the Lord. That same information can be followed. We'll have somebody to reach out to you. Or if you want to be a part of the Destiny Christian Center family, we would absolutely love to have you to be a part of our family today. Same instructions are there. Follow those instructions, follow those directions. I'll have somebody to contact you. Let's thank God again for the word. Hallelujah to God. I thank God. But we, again, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna keep confessing it. We are getting better. Come on, I want you to confess that over your own life. Say, I'm getting better. I'm getting better and I'm getting stronger. Look. Let's prepare the worship and giving. We are a ministry that believes the word of God. We practice God's word and we are blessed both corporately and individually because of our obedience to the word of God. The Bible says tithe and offering. That's what we do. Again, we don't have any gimmicks. We don't have any schemes here. We just do the word and God honors that. I wanna encourage you to be a true committed tither and giver because the word of God says so. You know, again, it's easy to be obedient when you realize who's the, who's the owner. So God instructs us to bring ye all the tithe and offer it into the storehouse. He says, prove me. See, will I not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it? He says, I will curse the devourer for your sake. And let me tell you something. God is faithful to his word. The question is, are you faithful in your obedience? So I encourage you today. You can text to give or you can give online. The information is right there. Let's all be true, committed tithers and let's be givers today. All of us. Let's do that. And the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So let's be cheerful in our And it's easy to be cheerful in giving when you're giving back to the one that gave it to you or that entrusted you. Look at this. The owner says, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to put this in your hand. Now you can increase what I allow to come in your hand by being obedient with what I've given you. Bring you the tithe and the offering into the storehouse. Show me that you are a faithful steward and then I will be able to reward your faithfulness. If you're faithful over the little, I'll make you rule over much. So I encourage you today to do that. Be a true committed tither and a giver. Now, people have asked me about the, the pastor's honor offering. I encourage you to share in that. They're going to put the Cash App um, handle on the screen right now. If you'd like to participate in that, God will bless you when you bless his servant. So I, I, I'll encourage you to do that too. I, yeah, I will encourage you to do that as well. And then we are sowing towards the vision. Yeah, we have a vision for a debt-free Destiny Dome that will seat over 3,000 people and be filled with over 3,000 people. I encourage you to sow towards, towards the vision. Again, you can text to give or you can give online. 
But let's all do that as we prepare to, to make our confession. You can do that right now, and then we're gonna make our confession. Say this with me, I'm a true tither and giver, and I am blessed because of it. The windows of heaven are open for me. The blessings of God are poured out upon my life. Will you say this? I have huge money right now. It's pressed down, it's shaken together, and it's running over. We don't confess this to hoard over money, but we're believing God to bless us so much that we can be a blessing to the kingdom and we can be a blessing to people. Confess this, I am out of debt. All my needs are met with a surplus. Can we confess over the dome? Debt-free destiny dome. Seated over 3,000 people. Filled with over 3,000 people. I need you, by faith, to say it's up. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for another wonderful Sunday morning. <laughs> Thank God. I want you to enjoy the rest of your day. Don't you dare forget to be here Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for our Wednesday night Bible class. It's going to be a blast. Be here Wednesday night. I love y'all. I want you to have a great day. We'll talk soon. God bless.